0: Hollywood Live Extra with Tanya Hart
1: and welcome to Hollywood Live Extra. You know we've been doing a lot of stuff during quarantine, and we're so glad you're here with us. Between the pandemic, the protests, some people rioting, hashtag Me Too has not gone away, and in fact, it is alive and well. Uh, with Tiffany Jackson's new book, it's titled "Grown." She's right here with me. Hi, Tiffany. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for for stopping by today. (laughs) You know, yeah, absolutely. Well, Grown is available now. Uh, We've got copies that we'll be holding and showing up, but I did get a chance to actually read the book. Um, Very well done. Of course, you are a celebrated author. This is not your first rodeo or your first party. Uh, (laughs) This is your fourth book, I believe. Yeah, Um, Yeah. But grown, you know, we talk about hashtag Me Too. That was the news, leading news story for a couple of years until all this other stuff started happening. But like I said, it has not gone away. It's not going away. It has not gone away. Um, And you really address this in a very modern novel um, with people that we kind of, I'm not saying people that we know and love it, people that we know about. You know, it looks like you've got a bunch of composite characters. Tell me a little bit about the book and how it came to be, and, and especially the title.
0: Uh, so Ron is about a 17 year old aspiring singer named Enchanted who is swooned by a legendary yet older R&B superstar with promises of fame that leads her to turn against her friends and family until his body shows up and all fingers point to her. And now she must find a voice to bring her um, abuse to light as well as prove her innocence. Uh, this book sort of um, was loosely inspired, um, really inspired by the reaction to the Ari Kelly documentary, um, specifically about uh, the criticizing girls and victim blaming, and you know mm-hmm. comments like you know oh they um, knew what they were doing or you know um, they were only doing it for money, and all I kept on thinking is you know you're talking about girls, you're talking about young girls who don't know the full scope of their actions versus a, a man who knows exactly what he's doing and he knew better. And therefore, we should be holding the adults in the room accountable for their actions rather than the children who are still
1: trying to tackle and understand their own actions. Exactly. And that there comes the title, Grown. I'm assuming that that's kind of where that came yes. from. Yes. You know, I've got to tell you, I I read this and I know at the the very end of the book, you kind of tell everybody, no, this is not the R. Kelly story. This is not the R. Kelly story. And of course it isn't. But when I was reading this, Tiffany, it was really, for almost the first time, I could really understand how R. Kelly got all those girls in that position. Seriously, I mean. And honestly, that's the point. (laughs) But reading this is like, that's how they do this.
0: And that's honestly the point of this book is to actually answer the question of how girls are lured and manipulated into abusive relationships. Because that's one of the things that people used to say. Another victim blaming um, comment was, you know, why they were just in the hotel and why didn't they just leave? And I don't think people fully understand the complexity of my manipulation and how that really plays into your psyche and the fear that's involved in that. And so I decided to write this novel and really give context to exactly how, like take you step by step on how something like this can actually happen. So that it kind of leaves no real room for questions. I mean, there's always questions, but no real room for actual questions on to how someone can do this to
1: somebody. Absolutely. No, you did your job on that one, girl. You really did, because I'm telling you, I mean, I've been, you know, in the business and just been in life for a long time. And and fortunately, you know, I've been blessed in terms of nothing like that happening to me. But of course, I know so many people that it has. And even in talking to them, they can't really explain it. So in this novel format, you've really explained it. You've laid it right on out there. And I can I congratulate you for that. So what would you say is probably the main thing that parents, especially because we know so many parents will do almost anything to get their kids into this business. What would you say the main thing parents should look out for in this situation, in situations like these where kids want to be stars and somebody comes along, you know, it's as old as as the movies, which is over a hundred years old. I'm going to make you a star. What should parents do?
0: Um, Well, I feel like parents should really focus on the relationship with their child. I feel like, you know, if you have a strong bond with your child, and your child feels comfortable enough to come to you with anything that may be inappropriate, um, that's actually one fail-safe on how you can protect your, you know, kids from inappropriate relationships. Um, You also being a part of the entire process as well, too. and, And this is also to say that you could still do all of these things and a perpetrator will find a way around it, which is exactly Mm -hmm. what happened in a lot of the situations in R. Kelly's um, circumstances. Um, A lot of the parents were actually quite involved and there were still missteps. Um, there is no rule book when it comes to being a parent. I believe I'm, I only have a, a dog child, but I'm just saying, I know there's no rule book for children. You know, you're born into this world. You really have no idea what you're doing. And so I say, you know, you know, give yourself some self-compassion as well too for the missteps that may potentially happen, but always, you know, instinctively have a way to have a close bond with your child so that if they, if it may not be even in this situation, if they get into something else that you know may endanger their lives in some way you want them to feel comfortable enough to still come and talk to you um i want to feel comfortable enough to talk to you
1: tiffany has anything like this ever happened to you
0: um, so yeah, this actually also was uh, loosely inspired um, by a relationship, an uh, inappropriate relationship that I had. Um, my first boyfriend was 22, and I was 15, and I also uh, kept that as a very dark secret from my family. Um, no one actually knew um, until like very recently, like this whole book coming out, um, and I didn't realize that it was actually an inappropriate relationship or how wrong it was until I was an adult until so I actually somewhat, this was after college, and finally said something to someone, and they were like, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't okay. And, you know, through therapy and just sort of my own self work, I was able to unpack a lot of it and realize. And um, writing wrong was somewhat of a cathartic um, opportunity for me to sort of like see my own self and see my own somewhat missteps. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I definitely come forward as um, someone who was, who was, you know, a victim, but also as someone who, you know, I'm not defined by, by my victimhood. Um, I'm not defined by my mistakes. I am not what I've done, I what I've become. And at the end of the day, I definitely have moved away from that situation. I graduated from college and grad school. I had a thriving career in film and television, and now I'm a published author. So uh, to me, I feel like I'm hoping I'm a beacon of light for other people and other girls who may be in these circumstances who are trying to find their way out as well too, which is one of the reasons why I make the parents in the book grown. Um, the parents and her community so like invested in her and they never give up on her. And I want, you know, girls to really see that as well.
1: Well, it's important, uh, you know, right. Of course, this week, there's a, there's always a, a big story every week. This one, it's the story about the Netflix series, Cuties. Yeah. Um, which I have not seen, although I've seen promos of it. And the, the big controversy is why are we allowing anybody to show Girls, this provocatively at this particular time. What's your opinion on that?
0: Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. I've seen a lot of the controversy around it. I was probably going to try to watch it this weekend. Um, uh, The unfortunate thing is that you know I think a lot of the marketing set the show up wrong Uh, because the show is going to, it's supposed to touch upon that. Um, so the marketing that Netflix did sort of over-sexualized these girls on top of that, which is also something, an issue that we have already deal with in the black community. We have girls, particularly black girls who are over-sexualized at a very early age. Um, when black girls do, you know, their little TikTok dances or whatever, you know, they're like, oh, they're being too grown and fast and they're too sexy. But when like white girls do it, it's, very cute and endearing. Cute. And yes. we have a lot of that psyche playing into our communities of the idea about being grown. And, you know, uh, to be honest, a lot of that is rooted in protection, um, especially, you know, since we have been treated, over sexualized, and adultified since our enslavement. Um, and because of that, we tend to, you know, people tend to feel that, like, black people or particularly black girls, you know, just know more than other people, etc. And so, because of that, it sort of keeps dripping down into, you know, every single generation and this is our opportunity to actually stop that, to sort of put away with the thoughts of being grown and to actually start treating black girls like children, like affirm their childhood. And so right. I'm hoping that that's something that we can, you know, in the midst of, you know, this whole Me Too movement is to also have some, you know, commu- you know, conversations within our own community about how we could um, make children feel like children.
1: like they're, Yeah. Have you found, though, that honestly, have you found that there's been a lot of conversation in our communities, and I'm talking about Black folks about hashtag Me Too, seriously?
0: I think it has been, um, especially since that, uh, you know, Tanya Burke is actually the founder of the Me Too movement and she's a black woman um, oh, yeah. and she definitely doesn't get, you know, the, the, I mean, she did definitely gets shine, but you know, I feel like she should get all the praise and all the flowers for really like starting this. Um, but do I feel like we definitely, I feel like it's definitely getting there that we're talking about a lot more than we have in the past. And, you know, a lot of people, it's it's very much a, a, it's a reckoning, it's a self-awakening as well too. Um, I've talked to, you know, my friends from college who who openly admitted and said like, yeah, you know, maybe some of the things that I did were wrong. And Mm -hmm. at least you're acknowledging that. At least you're looking back at your past and saying, you know, I was not a perfect person. And, you know, I got this from, you know, my big homie taught me this. Or, you know, I learned this from my dad. Or, you know, I thought this is the way you were supposed to, like, date girls and stuff like that. So there's definitely a lot of awakening um, happening within our community. And it's slow moving.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I'll I'll say that. It's definitely slow moving. (laughs) But at least it's happening which before that wasn't happening at all it was very a hush hush you know we never talk about you know things right. happen inside the home we don't you know but that's home business you know everything is behind the curtain um but now we're starting to talk about it more and i hope that we continue the conversation.
1: Well, I do too. It's important. I know at this stage in my life, I'm talking to some of my friends about stuff that we saw happening. So we're doing the same thing, believe me. And and realizing that people that we knew were like, oh my God, that's what that was. She was the beauty. I mean, we just, we didn't know how to, what to call it, you know? Or or nobody would talk about it. Nobody would say anything. So that reckoning is going on, I think cross-generational for women, period. Uh, which is a good thing. Um, yeah, actually, back to, to great authors like you that are really doing something. And, and I love the way, uh, like I said, for for your new book, grown. You know, it really brings all of the folks that we kind of know and love in pop culture. I know, you know, Beyonce's name comes up. Uh, a couple of other folks come up that, that you know, young girls and folks can relate to today. So yes. this is, and you did that intentionally. I would, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I make this book very relatable um, in terms of how you read it. There's text message conversations, there's emails, right. there's, you know, transcripts. You know, I want it to feel as present day as possible um, so that kids could really sort of feel their way through the book and feel like this is actually something that happens in real life.
1: Mm-hmm. Because it really does. It really does. What are your expectations? I know you're probably, how do you, you, well, normally you would be headed off for a book tour today, probably all over the country. So now you're doing it like this, I would assume. Yes, I'm doing a virtual book tour um, and I start tonight.
0: Most of my information is on my, uh, through my social media accounts and stuff like that. Uh, I'm at Wright and DK, Um W R I T E I M B K. and uh yeah it's actually i mean i'm, I'm not gonna lie it's kind of nice doing this from home especially mm-hmm. this is such a personal book a personal topic um, mm-hmm. a hard topic and it's nice to sort of be able to be in my safe space and still be able to talk to people on zoom Te- technology is amazing and so getting to be able to talk to people on zoom and still have these like very deep conversations and know that these conversations are still happening even after we turn off the camera um, mm-hmm. i think you know that is my hope for all of this now the other day i do hope that you know girls who are potentially still in situations like this um, I hope they are inspired. I hope they are inspired to get out. Um, there's resources in the back of the book um, for anyone who needs help. And uh, there's also resources also on uh, the um, website. There's also a content warning um, right. for anyone reading the book. Uh, this book is, can be very triggering. And if you're not willing, if you're not ready to face some of those things or face some of those issues that we talk about in the book, um, you know, proceed with caution. And I think that this book will hopefully sort of change the conversation.
1: I absolutely agree. You've done just a masterful job on this. We're so, we're, we're excited for you and, and proud to meet you and, and, and know you, you're going to do other great things, I'm so sure. Um, do you think, you know, one of the things that with, unfortunately with the pandemic, child abuse has increased uh, mm-hmm. a lot. And even though I figure, you know, people aren't out like say they are, like like we were all out in February, even of this year, you know, where you're going out Mm -hmm. and doing things and doing concerts. Do you think that girls are still finding themselves in this position even during the pandemic? Oh, absolutely, Um,
0: and which is unfortunate because there are so many kids who, you know, their outlet was school. Their outlet was, you know, extracurricular activities. Their way to find help uh, has been sort of taken from them, which is unfortunate in a lot of circumstances. And I I hope that they still have access to the means to be able to find a way to get back to teachers, um, either through, you know, these Zoom classes or whatever the case is. I want them to feel brave enough to do, you know, hard work and finding help um so i guess to answer your question it is it is quite scary that there is a lot of that still happening um there has been a huge number uh uptick at rain um uh, that's rain.com uh rain has actually said that there has been a huge uptick of abusive relationship a, a, a huge uptick in their call line um a lot of people are falling in uh, so it's happening everywhere, and it's
1: unfortunate.
0: And, and this is one of the other reasons why I'm really hoping that we find um, a solution mm-hmm. to dealing with COVID that uh, keeps everyone
1: safe. I know. Yeah. Well that that's a whole, that's a whole other a whole story other on, yeah. on another day. But you know, just just thinking about what you were saying about people trying to stay safe. Yes, you do have those resources and list numbers in the book. You know what I'm, it just dawned on me. Um, is there any kind of way to get this on uh, like school reading lists? Because even though I know it's provocative, we've had other provocative stuff on school reading lists. Have you thought about that? Has a publisher thought about this? Because honestly, this is where that should be, you know? Um, it's def- it's definitely, um,
0: I, def- I definitely, I'm not sure if it's On reading list yet, since it just came out. Uh, out. No, yeah, for sure, but definitely a lot of teachers. um, You know, I'm. I'm I do a lot of school visits for my other books and stuff like that. So a lot of teachers have, you know, already said like, "Oh my God, we're talking about this book, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. So I'm actually really excited to eventually be able to go back to school and talk to kids about this book and have to um, hear their stories as well too. Um, okay. So this is the hope, yes, that eventually it does become somewhat of a required reading, um, if for no other reason to be in the shoes of a character like Enchanted, and learn what she had to go through so that you have the actual empathy and compassion for real people, real victims that are out here.
1: Right. Plus, the other, the, the just the joy of reading, you know? I mean, I think kids are sort of getting back to that, somewhat, mm-hmm. um, not yeah. maybe, but, but I, I really can see that happening. Yeah. yeah. The whole idea of reading a book, and and especially now during this particular pandemic era, you know, where it's, it's a good thing to do, and it's a quiet thing to do. And I think yeah. this is one of the books that, and the other part of this, and it's something I have always said, how do we get young men engaged in this conversation? Because we cannot, it's not going to get any better unless the men get better, and they've got to learn this from a young age. How do we get yeah. them engaged? Um, I think you can still give them
0: these type of books. Um, you'll be surprised, um, especially since, you know, I do a lot of school visits. I also uh, visit a lot of detention centers and prisons. Um, a lot of men and boys read books, particularly like yeah. this. And so there's absolutely no reason why you can't give a, a, a child this type of book and have a conversation with them. It's also about making it a household read. Um, I love the uh, parents and child like kind of like book clubs or they get to actually, you know, sort of meet each other on the same plane and talk about the book and sort of absorb it. And I think that's one of the best ways to sort of communicate and engage with your child
1: um, then from a different level of the parent-child relationship dynamic. Mm mm-hmm. Well, you know, the other thing I, I have to mention, because I, I talked about my little earrings at the very beginning, and I know the promotion yeah. is over, but on the cover of your book, which they will see as we're doing this as well, uh, the, the lady on there has these earrings on and you did a fabulous promotion for these. These aren't exactly the promotional ones, but I said, let me go out and see if I can find some like. Oh, them. my God. Tell us about that promotion. I thought that was brilliant.
0: Well, we did a a promotion where we, if you uh, pre-ordered the book, you got these uh, big bamboo earrings. Um, like first uh, and it said grown on it which is actually from the cover and um, that's actually um, basically one of my staples is bamboo earrings and some red lipstick and just go about my day um, so it was actually kind of fun seeing that like and seeing now everyone wearing their earrings and stuff like that so it's gonna be great um, we'll try to get you some um, yeah. hopefully we'll have some left that we can send to you cause you oh. have to have the real ones you gotta have
1: the real ones I gotta have the real ones yeah I, these are fake I'm just letting everybody know. These are not the real ones. They're really kind of fake. but (laughs) They look look, cute today. They look good. (laughs) good. Somebody asked me, was I trying to rock a Mary J. Blige look when I put them on? But I ain't gonna say who. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, loves Mary J. I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I'm doing here today. (laughs) So what's up next for you now? What what are you working on? So when you finish a book like this and you do the tour, do you start on the next one immediately or how does that process work for you? Yeah, I'm actually working on my next
0: one, which actually is going to come out next year. And it's a psychological horror. Um, so it's like sort of my first forward, fourier in, uh, to, into the horror genre space. Um, which I'm really excited about. Uh, and um, But the next book that actually um, comes out after this is in January. It's um, um, a Malcolm X story. I co-wrote with his daughter, Ilya Shavaz. And it's called The Awakening of Malcolm X. And it takes place uh, during his prison sentence and finding and his, him finding a law in the midst this as well. Well, is this
1: a novel as well? This is not a novel. It is a fiction. It's a fiction huh. Okay. Oh, wow. Oh, that's going to be fascinating. Well, you know, I love the fact that our history is finally being told by us. Right, um, and that our stories are being told by us. Right, so, um, I would imagine. Has anybody started approaching you yet about turning one of your novels into a movie? Uh, yeah. Uh, my agent is hard at work. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. this. Would be you know what this would be. A, this would be a good one. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I, think- I believe it too. Yeah, I think I think this would really be a good one. And what would just I know that you got to go and, and get on to your your next uh, your next uh, call. But what would you like to leave with the audience about the book "Grown" that they should know? A little passage or whatever you would just want to say about it.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I guess the biggest thing I want people to leave that, to leave with is the idea of. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I I I basically want people, especially young girls, to to know that there is a community that is looking out for them, and that we are fighting for you, and we do believe you, and you are not alone.
1: Sounds like a good plan to me. And no, no one is alone, even though I know a lot of people are struggling right now. We know that you know for everybody out there watching this that we're there for you anytime you need. Just call and uh, whatever you do, pick up Tiffany's book, Tiffany Jackson. It's called Grown. It's a must read for uh, our times today. Tiffany, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much to Tiffany Jackson for joining me today on Hollywood Live Extra. And whatever you do, follow us on social media at AURN online and at Tanya Hollywood. We have got some great content. You don't want to miss any of Hollywood Live Extra, a product of American Urban Radio Networks. When you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a 10 year, 100,000 mile limited warranty. You stop thinking about what you can't do